0: Welcome to The Bruce Siski Show. Follow The Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to The Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL.
1: 10-12, it is a Monday, 8th of January, 2014. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. We've got a busy week. Let's get it started, talk some hockey, some big, big happenings in the state of hockey. And joining us now from The Rink Live, therinklive.com, the great Jess Myers. Good morning. I don't know if
2: great is, is uh, accurate this early in the morning, but I appreciate the kind words. please. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We both made it back from Milwaukee okay. It was good to see you there. Uh, I thought a good tournament generally overall. Uh, UMD obviously still kind of working its way through uh, some issues and getting back to full health and all of that. But uh, fun fun to see the Bulldogs and uh, fun to see you down there.
1: It was fun. Yeah, it was was good to see you as well. And and I tell you, we didn't stick around for the Wisconsin games, but uh, we we couldn't help but notice that the the lower bowl of Fiserv Forum filled up quite nicely both days for the Badgers.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because – Uh, when this tournament started back in 1989, the Bulldogs were in the first tournament back then. It was a Wisconsin tournament. They ran the show. Now it's kind of independently run, although let's face it, it's a couple of uh, de facto Badgers home games. And Mike Hastings talked about that, about how important Milwaukee is to his program, just the number of alumni they have there, and kind of exposing themselves in in the biggest city in the state. So important for them and and a couple of, of pretty good wins for wisconsin which you know i i think it's no fluke anymore we can't talk about you know we'll see if they're for real uh they they've certainly proven that and are, i think the odds on favorites to win the big 10
1: and, and mike hastings has done this now twice he you know in mankato that turnaround didn't take very long time either so he has proven that what he does works
2: you'll you'll appreciate too bruce it was a kind of a funny scene before the game started you had frank territory. You had Mike Hastings. You had Scott Sandel in there. One of them joked, "All, all we need now is Bob Mosco and we can replay the 2018 regional." <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah, that was where that was where Frank. The day before, Frank's up there, coach at Air Force, and getting ready to play Saint Cloud State. He's like, "We come out of this, I can hang it up." Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he got halfway there, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jess, you broke the story last week, and we'll get back to college hockey in a second. I want to talk some some PWHL as well, but but you broke the story last week of of the World Juniors coming to Minnesota, and I, I freely admit that I've got a bit of a hockey bubble. But whether it's people that I talk to only about the NHL or college hockey people, it does not matter. They are universally excited that the World Juniors are going to be in the state of hockey in twenty twenty five twenty six
2: been a long time, 1982, the last time uh, Minnesota was the primary host of this event. In 2005, they played a few games in Peace River Falls as kind of the, the secondary site back when Ralph Langer Arena was the main host. But, you know, talking with Dave Fisher, our friend from USA Hockey today, this event has grown exponentially. Bob Motko, who's coached uh, Team USA a couple times, said, secondary only to the Olympics. This is the biggest hockey tournament in the world. In Canada, they treat this. Uh, I've been told maybe like we treat the NCAA basketball tournament where it is the big sporting event for a couple weeks every year. So, yeah, this is a really big deal. This will mean a lot of folks coming to town, not only American fans but Canadians, Europeans, all of that, Uh, coming to to Minnesota. At a time of year, you know, talking to the organizers, the guys who put in a bid on this, the timing is really good because you think about that period between Christmas and New Year's, there's not a lot of business travel going on, so you've got some hotel occupancy it really works out well this is going to be a fun event
1: and that's that's the thing is is the the growth of this event and and i i was probably starting getting plugged into this thing oh i'm not going to say it's been that long maybe 10 15 years ago tops that i i really started getting into the world juniors between christmas and, and and uh and new years and, and all that but it, it has really picked up steam. It feels like in the states, the, the the gold medal game in in Montreal a few years ago that the U.S. won in the shootout. I I want to say that, that that was that generated some real interest, especially you know when you look at social media now, the immediacy that people can comment on stuff. But man alive, it, it, it's fun to see the U.S. competing in this every year, which I I think has only helped the level of interest in the states for this tournament. And and I think you know NHL people, you know the the kind of more hardcore NHL fans are starting to find college hockey, starting to find junior hockey, because that's where the prospects are. You know, it's it's
2: amazing, too, when you look at, uh, uh, I I think back maybe 15 years or so, you had a shootout between the U.S. and Canada. You've got Jonathan Taves shooting on Jeff Frazee, who was the gopher goalie at the time. A week later, they're playing each other in Minneapolis in, in a college game. So there are connections all over the place like that. Now, the U.S. wins it this year. They beat Sweden on Sweden's home ice for the championship Canada gets beaten the first round of the medal round. They're out. They get knocked out. It's fun listening to all of the, I won't say whining, but let's just say excuse-making from some Canadian fans saying, but yeah, but if they had Connor Bedard and a few of these other you know, players of that age that could have played in this tournament, it would have made a difference. I'll just throw the name Logan Cooley out there as counterpoint to that. I, I think he would have been a, a pretty nice addition to Team USA as well. So every team deals with the same stuff, and, and this was just a – start to finish a a fantastic uh, team USA as Dave Starman who does a nice job on TV calling these games said it's the old adage that the team that gets off the bus with the best players is usually going to win and that was definitely team
1: USA. Jess Myers, the rink live our guest so uh, you had in your story I think you're the only one that mentioned the possibility of some pre-tournament games uh, those early games before Christmas being played around the state of Minnesota what do we know there and and when are we going to find out anything more?
2: The actual tournament starts on December 26, and those games will all be played either at Three M Arena at Mariucci or at XL Energy Center. I would guess Team USA, Team Canada will not leave uh, the city of Saint Paul at any point. Right, they're going to want to sell as many tickets as they can. The secondary games in the tournament will be played at Three M Arena at Mariucci, but every team gets two exhibition games prior to Christmas. Just kind of a a feeling out period. Once you get to the U.S., once you get your team set, they, they get two exhibition games. The organizers have told me there's absolutely no reason, and they're, they're exploring ways where they can play some of those games outside the Twin Cities at other venues. Now, they haven't named any specifically. We haven't seen the specific uh, schedule at this point, but I would think a place like Amsoil Arena or National Hockey Center in St. Cloud, you know, they've even talked about War or the Iron Ranger, you know, kind of spreading it around the state to give these other communities, uh, kind of that taste of international hockey, which I think would be really cool.
1: That would be really cool, and I think it would be well-received in a lot of these communities. I think your story mentioned Mankato and Bemidji as well, and and certainly the venues that we have in in the cities that you mentioned are venues that could very easily hold these types of events and do very well with them.
2: And here's my biggest hope for something that will happen in the next 23 months, not just for the sake of hockey, but for the sake of our, our world, let's get that crap in Ukraine settled. Let's get that over with so we can have Belarus and we can have Russia in this tournament because... You know, I'm not cheering for Russia, but it's better hockey when they're involved.
1: I don't disagree. I it, it was it's it's weird. Like even looking at next year's group assignments, and and yeah, the U.S. is with Canada and Finland, and then Sweden's over there with the Czechs and Slovaks. And the Czechs and Slovaks are a lot better, and it's great to see them competing every year in this tournament. And, and you know, the deeper this tournament is, the better. But it is not it, it is not the same without Russia because you'll you'll see every year multiple first round picks coming out of russia and these kids not getting an opportunity to play in the world juniors and i don't want to get involved in the politics of the whole thing but i'd like yeah i would like to see russia getting back into these international events
2: artem levchenov the fantastic freshman defenseman at michigan state he's from belarus he yep. was unable to compete in world juniors this year you know kind of a a one opportunity and you know i'm certainly not blaming him for the the politics and the horrors that have gone on in ukraine and not making excuses in any way right i'm just saying Let's let's find a way to settle that. Let's find a way to get get it over with and get back to you know the business of playing hockey.
1: I'm, I'm with you there, uh, Jess. The other things I wanted to touch on. First off, you were in St. Paul Saturday as they drew over 13,000 fans for the PWHL home opener at Excel Center. The environment, uh, the the push. They sold like 6,000 tickets in three days for this thing. That was pretty cool to see. It was
2: fun talking to the people from Excel Energy Center that, that, you know, organize things, and they're in charge of, like, making sure you have enough beer and making sure you have enough hot dogs. They said, like, every day they were like, okay, we've got to open up this level. Okay, we've got to open up this level. Okay, we've got to make sure this concession stand is staffed." Kind of, kind of a fun problem to have. And what a, a kind of a cool celebration of, of girls and women's hockey in Minnesota. Let's face it, this has been one of the places in the United States where uh, it, it was adopted right from the start. Uh, and girls and women have been playing hockey now for going on, uh, you know, maybe three decades, uh, with, with the same level of enthusiasm that you see anywhere in the world. And then to have Grace Dumwinkle, uh, you know, a local kid, a former gopher, former Olympian, get a hat trick in in game one, and Matty Rooney, the former Bulldog, gets a shutout in 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 the first home game. You you could not have scripted it any better.
1: No, that was, that was neat to see. And, and the the cool thing was like they were showing crowd shots. I was watching on the the YouTube stream from St. Thomas getting ready for our game. And the, the the crowd shots, all those girls that were wearing their youth jerseys or their high school jerseys, that was really neat to see.
2: Yeah. And and keep in mind, a lot of these players that are playing in the PWHL, they were those girls, you know, a decade ago or so, you know, wearing their youth jersey and going to a college game and, and dreaming one day of, you know, maybe there would be a league of our own. Now, take nothing away from the Minnesota Whitecaps and some previous incarnations, but – this seems to be a case where they're doing it right, and I want to say too. You talk about the state of hockey. Uh, Minnesota is the only one that's going to play in an NHL venue this year, at least on a full-time basis. Right. You know, in other cases, Boston they're playing at UMass Lowell, and you know, playing at some smaller venues in New York, for example. Um, this is a, maybe a, a testament to where Minnesota is now. Here's going to be the test, Bruce. They have a game tomorrow night at home uh, on a Tuesday night game two. I'm going to be very interested to see what the crowd looks like for that one. And if this was just like opening day of baseball where everybody comes out and is excited, or if this has some staying power, because I think that will be the true test for this league is what it looks like a month from now or two months from now.
1: And that, yeah, hopefully Ottawa had that you know, near sellout, I think, and they're playing the Ottawa 67s building in Ottawa. Uh, Montreal's playing in a smaller building. You mentioned New York playing in home games in Bridgeport. They only drew like 2,000 on Friday, but. It's Bridgeport for crying out loud! I know they're playing a couple of games in the Islanders <laughs> rink, which will help. But it, it, that you know, Bridgeport is not New York. It's like a hundred miles from New York. It's not New York. It'd be like if, if the Minnesota PWHL team played its home games in Hinckley.
2: That's right. And and the other thing I'll say too that I saw being at the rink. You know, this is Minnesota is the only team in the Central Time Zone. You know, the rest of them are all out east. And there was some thought about you know how would that work. Well, one thing I saw that was really kind of cool, you know, you see the girls in their youth hockey jerseys and there's a lot of Wyzetta and Warroad and Woodbury and wherever, but there was also kids from the Chicago area, kids from Denver, kids from North Dakota, kids from Wisconsin, all in their youth hockey jerseys, and you could see they had very obviously traveled a long way to see this. So this is a huge deal, not just in the Minnesota hockey community, but in the women's hockey community nationwide. To have this kind of uh, outpost uh, here in the central part of the country.
1: Uh, real quick, Jess Myers, the rink live. Colorado College is a uh, kind of weird stretch of its schedule, playing a Sunday-Monday series against the Gophers before heading north to battle UMD this weekend at Amsoil. As we get back into NCHC play, Tigers won last night over the Gophers, just six to four, and you know the Golfers, I'm sure that there's some concerns over the defensive play which we knew would take a step back this season with all the losses they had on the blue line but CC continues to impress here in year three for Chris Mayotte
2: I said this on X or on Twitter whatever you want to call it uh, this Tigers team was more relentless on pucks than any team I've seen this season there's just absolutely no open ice when you play this team they've got a great goalie in Caden and. You know, there's a certain segment of Gopher fan base that, you know, if you have a bad shift, they tend to panic. You know, and they got a lot of, well, what are they doing, losing to a team like Colorado College? Hey, open your eyes, folks. This is a CC team that's last three games have been road wins twice at North Dakota and once at Minnesota. There might be a little more at play here than just uh, the Gophers having a slow comeback from the
1: break. Yeah, this is a Colorado team that, that I don't know if I'd say they're ahead of schedule. I think they're basically on schedule for Chris Mayotte, and he built this the right way because they, they, they were not very active in the portal. They were they were intent on recruiting kids and developing these players as they brought them in, and they've got some really – you mentioned Caden Americo and goal. Noah Lava up front, a, a Rangers prospect who I think is going to have a really good future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I thought about this too. This was the second half of a, of a serious kind of trade with the Gophers. The first half was played in the the season opener in 2019, you know, pre-pandemic and all that. And I was thinking just how dramatically much this Colorado College program has changed since then. You know, new arena, new coach, just kind of a whole new approach to, to college hockey at Colorado College, which has been, uh, you know, one of the powerhouses or, you know, one of the kind of the mainstays in this game for going on you know, about 80 years or so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jess, good to see you as always. Good to talk to you, and we'll chat soon, man. Thanks, Bruce. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Jess Myers, The Rink Live, therinklive.com. UMV Athletic Director Forrest Carr, second Monday of the month. He's in studio. We chat Bulldog Sports coming up in a little bit after the news break. 1026, Bruce Siski Show, Monday morning edition, brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com with the cars are 610-103.9 KDAL.
0: This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Krim. We'll talk Minnesota basketball next. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice.
1: The Golden Gopher men's basketball team rallied from an 11-point first-half deficit and beat Maryland yesterday at Williams Arena 65-62. Head coach Ben Johnson liked
3: how his team fought. I thought it was a toughness win, and we knew this was going to be a toughness game. You know, that's how Kevin is from the Seton Hall days. That's how he's built the Maryland team. Um, he's a heck of a coach, but it's built on defense and toughness, and so you got to put your hard hat on and be ready to battle. I thought our guys did, especially in the second half. I thought we really responded. There were numerous times we could have caved or felt sorry for ourselves, and we just kept plugging away, and you do that, and good things happen.
2: Coaching, can you speak a little bit about your freshman Cam? Chris, you know, he didn't have necessarily the game he wanted to happen against Michigan. You guys still won, but he was able to bounce back and really give you a spark in the second half.
3: He was. I thought Cam was really good in the second half. You know, he's got the ability to get to get some, some buckets and bunches, and we needed it today, and I thought defensively he was good, but for him to be able to make shots, I think he had a big three. That was really a huge momentum play. You know, he's been able to lift us up, and he's learning on the fly. You know, as a freshman, all these experiences are new and he's just stacking it and putting them in the bank so um, you know, great team win all the way around I think everybody who played contributed it, brought energy and, uh, and that's what it takes to, to be 3-1 in this league. That's Gopher coach Ben Johnson whose team is now 12-3 and three overall
0: and 3-1 and in the Big Ten. Minnesota will play at Indiana on Friday night That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update I'm Mike Graham Your Twin ports home for Gopher basketball It's good! He knocked it down KDAL
1: 10.32, UMV Athletic Director Forrest Cars drop dropped by. Second Monday of every month, our regular visit. We talk Bulldog sports with him as the new year 2024 begins. And hockey's back at home this weekend. Special day Saturday. We'll get to previews of all that to come with the AD. That's after CBS News 10.32, Bruce Siski Show. Sponsored by Sanju, 610-103.9, KDAL.
0: The Bruce Siskey Show.
1: If you're allergic to waffles, don't eat waffles. Then don't take me to a Waffle House.
0: On 610 and FM, 103.9, KDAL.
1: 10.37 this week, UMV Women's Basketball Head Coach Mandy Pearson, men's, associate, men's Hockey Associate Coach Adam Krause, Women's Hockey Captain Manna McMahon later on this week, CC Head Coach Chris Mayotte, UMD men's hockey player TBD, and we're trying to get Andy Herman Pack-A-Day podcast here this week as well with the Packers in the playoffs and battling Dallas on Sunday, 3.30 from Jerry World on AM 710. Athletic director of UMD, second Monday of the month, he drops by the studio, Forrest Carr, good morning. Morning, Bruce. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, How were the holidays? Or how were, how was, I guess, how were the holidays, be proper grammar
4: great. I got to uh, spend some time with family and then went over to the uh, the Quick Trip holiday face-off there in Milwaukee and, and watched a couple games. Also watched uh, Wisconsin's games, so that was that was a lot of fun. I was going to say,
1: what did you think? What are your impressions? That first off, that building is awesome. I'd never been there before. Um, secondly, I thought that was a really well-done tournament.
4: Yeah, I think the, the Gazelle group um, did a great job putting that on. This is the third year of the tournament. I was having trouble envisioning you know, how they were going to put a sheet of ice in that facility, given how specific um, it was built for the Milwaukee Bucks and for basketball, but boy, they—you know—they did a great job. Uh, ice conditions seemed decent. Um, it looks—it looks like it was designed to be there, so yeah. it was—it was a good experience for fans and for our student athletes.
1: And visually, it's a little weird because they've got the—they've got the t- a couple sections of end seating that are that are closed back that that you can't open up because that's just those are configured for basketball and, and hockey is a little different, obviously uh, floor configuration. So, you know, that was weird, but I knew that was going to be a thing because the Blackhawks played the wild into the preseason game there last year. And I watched, I'm like, that's so weird looking at that. Like I would think okay. if you're, you, you almost want to put the banners or something up there just to, cause it's almost visually off-putting to see all that emptiness.
4: Yeah, the the arenas that are built with the intent of having both basketball and hockey, they have two different ramping systems for those end seats. And the Pfizer form does not, but you know, despite that, the 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 rest of the setting was yeah. very nice.
1: And, and they they filled up the lower bowl for those uh, Wisconsin games. It, it sounds like a tremendous atmosphere, and and it's an event that it sounds like is going to continue. So
4: yeah, yeah, I had played in the event uh, back when it was at the Bradley Center, so I'm glad to see that back there.
1: I was going to ask you that because I, I knew I I knew Northern Michigan had been there. If you, you had a chance to play there.
4: Yep. Well, it was actually when I was playing back when the dinosaurs were on the earth. Yeah, it was at, <laughs> at, at Notre Dame. We we we, oh, we Notre played Rams, there. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so that was that's boy, right. that was back in the in the late '90s. But that's always been a tradition there to have the holiday tournament and uh, the fans um, in that area come out and support it.
1: Uh, from an administrative side, I, I know these things are are difficult to put together. But you also played hockey and you're very involved in the sport, which we'll talk about here in a second. But do you kind of desire to see more holiday tournaments pop back up? I'm not, you know, suggesting that Duluth has to host one, but it, it feels like that's something that's missing in the sport right now. Don't, there's only 3 or 4 of them this year.
4: Yeah, I li- I like those events, you know, it's it's really hard right before the holidays in in all sports, basketball, hockey, uh right before the holidays and right after the holidays. So you don't want to have, you know, meaningful conference games because it depends on schools exam schedules, you know, students aren't there to support um, they can be just kind of difficult times to get fans. Um, I do think that those holiday tournaments, especially in hockey, where you have uh, some of the schools are missing teams for the World Junior Championships, I think to have an event like that to focus on uh, get the athletes' attention, get them back in the swing of things, I think is a great thing.
1: UMV Athletic Director Forrest Carr with us. Also, uh, besides being the athletic director at UMV, which is not changing, now the executive director of the American Hockey Coaches Association. First off, number one, congratulations, because this is a great uh, opportunity for you. Number two, how to come about?
4: Well, it's something I was, I was looking f- to get back into um, some of the, the national things. I was looking at some of the NCA committee openings that were available, and then I saw this posted in the fall, um, they said that they were going to seek applications until mid-November. Um, it seemed like based on the job description that it might be a good fit. And I uh, just put in my, my application materials, went through the process. And uh, Joe Britannia is somebody that I've always um, looked up to, admired. Um, I think he's done a lot uh, for the sport in, in various ways. And uh, he was able to to serve in that role whilst also serving as the commissioner uh, both in the ECAC and then in Hockey East and uh, I reached out to him talked to him and uh, talked to Chancellor McMillan and just just thought that it might be a a good fit and then went through the interview process and and going to start serving in that role on uh, July 1st so really excited about it.
1: Uh, Joel Britannia is a titan of college hockey I don't think it's uh, out of place to use that word and it sounds like he's going to be helping you out quite a bit.
4: Yep. Yeah, he's going to stay on, so he'll he'll continue as the executive director until June 30th, and then starting uh, July 1st, that first year, we're going to overlap for a year, and he's going to handle a lot of the things that aren't uh, in my skill set. So he's going to continue to publish the Stops and Starts magazine uh, and work through some of the awards process. Um, at that point, I'll I'll start uh, handling the uh, monthly conference calls, scheduling those, preparing agendas. Um, and start to serve as a liaison with all these different hockey groups.
1: I think this was, uh, as we get uh, kind of focused back on UMD here, I think this was the longest stretch that we had without any kind of an event. Uh, basically a two-week stretch without any UMD events around the holidays. Good to see basketball get back over the weekend. They both get splits. Uh, the men fall the Minot and beat Mary. The women did the exact opposite over the weekend at Romano Gym. But again, it's just kind of good to see everybody
0: back.
4: Yep, yeah, and the, the crowd uh, picked up for the the Saturday games. Um, you know, Minot's a very, very good men's basketball team. The Northern Sun uh, Conference this year is incredibly strong. If you go and look at the the Massey ratings, which I think is a good indicator of kind of strength of Division two men's basketball and women's basketball teams nationally, um, I think maybe in the top ten nationally now there might be four teams from the Northern Sun, including the top two in the country so um, it's going to be a good uh, second half of the season uh, challenging second half of the season and and hopefully our our team can you know, continue to do what they're doing and be on the path to get into the tournament. And
1: these are certainly teams that have plenty of tournament experience, high-level experience. Uh, the, the women have won, you know, a couple of uh, of NSIC tourney titles. And, of course, that run to the national championship last year and the men coming off their first ever bid to the Division II Elite Eight a year ago. So uh, not only expectations high, but the talent levels are high and the experience level is high. And as you know, experience really does tend to matter this time of year.
4: Yeah, and especially at the end of the year. Of course, the big thing you know you hope to, to not have injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a very uh, a good a good team. We have a lot of upperclassmen. Um, actually, on, with both teams, men's and women's, and I expect them to play very well the second half. Uh,
1: Bulldog basketball teams on the road this weekend. Single game Saturday. A doubleheader at Saint Cloud State. They're not back home here yet. Now for a couple of weeks. But what uh, teams are home this weekend? are the Bulldog hockey teams as uh, the women return home to take on Bemidji State, playing their first home games since Thanksgiving weekend, November 24th and 25th. So uh, get uh, out. this is Icebreakers weekend, which means uh, some of the more boisterous crowds that the women get to typically over the course of a season uh, come during that Icebreaker tournament, which is uh, happening this weekend all over the area. Bemidji State Friday and Saturday at 3, and, and Forrest, one of the highlight Saturday because Sophie Squad is back, and that's always a, a really special deal for both hockey programs.
4: Yep, yeah, Sophie Squad will be there on Saturday for both uh, the women's game at three and the men's game against Colorado College at seven. Um, chance to raise awareness, uh, mental health awareness, and also to raise some money to help improve mental health for for youth through college athletes. And I should mention, going back to what you said, Bruce, about the the women's hockey games this weekend on on Friday and Saturday. Uh, both of them are at three o'clock. And for any participants in the uh icebreaker invitational, so that's the the youth tournament being hosted by our local Duluth Icebreakers youth organization. Any participants will be able to attend our UMD women's hockey games uh for free this weekend. So hope to have a, a great crowd and we always enjoy that partnership and it's great for for girls hockey to be able to come to the games and, and look up to the college players
1: yeah I, i'm not kidding when i say these are typically the more boisterous crowds of the year because it's, it's all these all these little girls that look up to these to these division one athletes and it's just it's a always a cool environment when when they get in there and you know they, they get that time away from their games and they get a chance to watch umd and bemidji this weekend it, it, it's a fun environment at Amsoil, no, no doubt about that yep uh, the men versus CC a vastly improved Colorado College team. Uh, they'll have their youth hockey night on Friday, and then Sophie Squad there Saturday, seven o'clock for both of those games. I feel like Sophie Squad is always going to kind of be near and dear to our hearts, uh, you know, given the, the the involvement of the Hughes family and the, and the Bulldogs from really the start of this thing.
4: Yeah, it's just such an important. Um cause and uh, just an incredible job that Gabby Hughes and her family and others did to, uh, to start that organization. Of course, Gabby was recognized last year with the Hockey Humanitarian Award, um, but that, that is something that's going to continue on and continue to make a positive impact. We, we see it every day in our work. It's uh, one of the most important um, you know, things that we are, are working through. Right now, as administrators and coaches, and and really as college campuses, you know the the, the counseling services and and everybody involved in in student life, residence life, um, right all the way to the faculty. You know, it's it's really an important topic and it's it's something that I'm glad that we can um, highlight through the the Sophie Squad group and and hopefully make a positive difference.
1: Now of course SAC has the Green Bandana project on campus that you guys have had for a couple of years. Now and and, and they do tremendous work as well in 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 getting the word out and and they they get to at least a you know a couple of events every year for every uh, UMD team.
4: Yep. Yeah, and that that's uh that's been something that Boy, it must have been three or four years ago that the UMD Athletic Department was recognized for with the National yep. Award from the NCA, and we still see those little green ribbons on on uh, athletes' backpacks and other students uh, walking around campus. So, just a great, great positive thing.
1: Uh, anything we have to leave the nice people with, Forrest?
4: Um, no, I don't think so. No, I think we we covered everything, and just looking forward to another uh, home hockey weekend and basketballs on the road and. Uh, Starting off our, our second half of the year. And by the way,
1: everybody's on the road next weekend, which is so... It, it, I don't care how many times it happens. It, it's weird when it does, but everyone's on the road next weekend.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, it's <laughs> you know, those weekends are actually really nice for our, our administrative staff, too. We we obviously operate with, you know, sort of a lean group, and it's nice for people to have some, some weekends throughout the course of the year. So that'll be good.
1: And, of course, before we know it, baseball and softball will be starting right up. So... Yes. Yeah, really to arrest for the wicked, is there?
4: And you never know how those weekends are going to go, if they're going to be home or away or neutral site or rescheduled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good but, point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're at the mercy of Mother Nature, yeah, as always. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. Happy New Year. We'll see you at the uh, venues. All right. Thanks, lepers. Forrest Carr, Athletic Director at UMD, joins the second Monday of every month. Yeah, man, look in here. Uh, baseball starts February 2nd at the Mankato Dome invite. Let's see about Sampa. we got to be getting close. Yeah, it, this is uh, – It's amazing how quickly these things happen. If the softball schedule would like to open, I can tell you when they get kicked off. They start February 2nd as well, also at the Mankato Dome Invite. So it'll be cranked up before you know it. And you can always check schedules, buy tickets, and a whole lot more by simply going to UMDBulldogs.com. 1050. Brought to you by Sanju, as always. Sanju Polaris. Sanju.com where the cars are. Wrap things up in a moment. Ryan Phelps standing by with the prep update. Bruce Siskey show Monday morning edition 610 and 103.9 KDAL.
0: KDAL at your fingertips. I'll tell you, these guys have a wonderful stream. Thing. Download the free KDAL mobile app.
1: Yeah, the Packers are in the playoffs. That's nuts. The youngest team in the NFL. And I think I saw the first time that they've been tracking the ages of these teams, average age, that the youngest team in the league has made the postseason. We'll have it over on AM 710. Round one, wild card, super wild card weekend, they call it now. Packers and Cowboys, old friend Mike McCarthy. 1 o'clock, pregame, 3.30 kickoff on AM 710. That'll be on Sunday. More on that throughout the week. UMD Women's Basketball Head Coach Mandy Pearson with us tomorrow. Also later on this week, Men's Hockey Associate Coach Adam Krause, Women's Hockey Captain Manna McMahon, and more. Brad Bennett's up next. Sound off to take you through your Monday. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday.
0: This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well.